Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and this week we have something very special for you. Recently, I got to interview one of my most favorite men on the planet, my older brother, Dr. Dane here. He is also the co-creator of Access Consciousness and the author of the Being You, Changing the World book. On Facebook Live, we chatted about the foundation class, which is one of the core classes in Access Consciousness. He talks about what it created for him, the spaces that opened up, and the tools that it gave him to start to live his life in a totally different way. So sit back, relax, and receive. We're live! Woohoo! <laughs> Yay, we did it. We did it. We pushed the right button. I'm so proud well- of us. <laughs> Welcome to the first of three different lives that we're going to have in this group uh, to talk about the tools in foundation. I'm super excited to have one of my favorite people in the world here, Dr. Dane here, the co-creator of Access Consciousness, to talk a little bit about our uh, found, the foundation tools. And really the thing about this group that we're all really excited about, hi, Anna, hi, hi Facebook users, how are you? <laughs> hi, Facebook user, Facebook user, Facebook user. Hi, <laughs> Catherine, hi, Maria, hi, Deb. Um, so one of the things we're really excited about, Dane, about this group is to really, it's, you know, the, the MLM for uh, Access Consciousness is a dandelion. And I don't know how many people uh, really look at that and, and see what it is, but it's the sprinkling of those seeds of consciousness that we can be. And the tools of access uh, give us that possibility. And so in this group, we're looking at like, hey, if we could create something where more people could know about the tools of access and know about what gets created in a foundation class, even if they don't choose it. And that, that's the thing that's so interesting about access. It's not about pulling people to have to choose a class to, to have to have that as the, their only means um, to create more in their life. And so you give away so much free content. You have your tour of consciousness. If you guys have not subscribed to that, go do that right now. Shameless plug. Um, but that you are constantly giving away this stuff because you're truly desiring to change the world, whether or not people sign up for a class. And so that's kind of the foundation of the foundation group. And so I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about that and that like sprinkling of seeds um, energy before we dive in a little bit. Well, I think that's one of the greatest gifts. I did so many things before, before access. And uh, it was all about, this is the answer. You must do it this way. And what was interesting is a lot of those things worked if there was a situation that was the exact situation that showed up exactly that way, as we had talked about in the class or the workshop or the book or whatever it was, but it didn't give me anything for everything else in life. And also, most of those people were not really acknowledging there are times where you feel like you're losing it. There are times where you feel like you want to kill people. There are times where you feel like you just want to bury your head in the sand and never wake up, you know, and so... For me, my entire target, and I think Simone said it beautifully, Simone Melissa, our worldwide coordinator, when she came to Access, she's like, you know what? She heard Gary say 
she said, and what Gary said was, I want everybody in the world to have access to these tools and nobody knows my name. And that's what she and I had as a point of view from the very beginning was exactly what Gary said. It's like, yeah, that. So people have the choice. And it's not about anything other than having tools that make your life work. But also for me, it's like, if you get greater, I get to get greater too. You know, we all live on this planet together. And if, I mean, I see, and for me, getting to the place where I was going to end my life 20 plus years ago, if things didn't change after trying every friggin' technique I could and feeling like I failed at all of them. Um, and then coming along to access and having something that actually worked. Because once again, the other stuff I did work, but after about three days, it felt like it stopped working. And so to have tools that I could use to change the actual situations of my life as they occurred was such an amazing gift. And I just got so excited. I wanted everybody to know it was possible. And it's so funny because if you take just one tool of access, the idea that 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions are things you're picking up from other people. It's like just that one thing could change somebody's entire reality if they use it, if they ask, who does this belong to when that stuff comes up? And it like just that, let alone the other eight or nine or 25,000 tools that we have at this point that are different ways of changing things because we're on this continuous search. How do we change things faster? How do we change things with more ease? How do we create more ease in people's lives? And in contrast to everything else that I had done before Access, this Access is about you living your life. It's about how does your life show up? It's like, it's about how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? How do you feel when you want to create something new? Do you have, do you have the sense that you can or, or not? Like the, in a sense, the very simple mundane things of life that are not simple and mundane at all because they build the platform for your life. And in foundation, what we do is we take the foundation because the foundation is a solid structure that can't be moved. And most people's foundations look like this. They're trying to shoot their rocket ship and the rocket goes, you know? And so what this is doing is undoing the foundation of limitation and actually allowing you to build a platform that is continuously moving. And the idea is like in Venice, I don't know if you knew this, but when we, when we heard this, it was like, oh, that makes so much sense. In Venice, what they do is they put these pylons into the seafloor and they stack them up and then they put the, the, they stack them up like this and they put a, a platform underneath it. And so it can move as the city moves. So you have all these buildings that anywhere, it's like they would withstand earthquakes and everything else. And the funny part is if they did this in other areas, there would be this movement that was possible. And that, that's really what the tools give you. They allow you to move with the moment, but also they give you the awareness that each choice you make today is going to create a future tomorrow. Our life today is a sum total of the choices that we've made prior to today. And so what most people are doing is just trying to handle today and trying to deal with the crap from the past still. And so they feel like they have very little energy to put toward creating something different for the future. And what starts to happen, the more access people do, especially after the foundation, this, this big hole opens in the wall in front of them. And they're like, oh my God, there's this thing called future and I can start creating it. Oh, wow. And then life gets exciting. And that's the, that's the fun part for me is to see people get enthused and excited to be alive again. I love that. Thank you. So I'm all giddy over here. So when, when you found access, you didn't perceive a future anymore. You were like the future you saw was I'm out of here. Yep. And so 
So can you talk about the, because I know you, when you talked about your experience with uh, getting your bars run for the first time, you put sticky notes um, asking questions around so that you would remind yourself. Can you talk about when, when you started to actually perceive a future being possible and what tools you were using to, to get there and what that started to look like totally different from what was there just prior? Oh yeah, it was awesome. I um, I literally went into that first session depressed and suicidal and I had Shannon O'Hara run my bars and within a few minutes of her putting her hands on my head, I started having this energy run through my body and I was like, oh, this feels really good. And a few minutes later, I started giggling like a little kid and I hadn't giggled in years and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and an hour and 15 minutes later, I get up and I was like, wow. And I looked outside at the clouds and I was like, has it always been this beautiful here? If it is, I'm in. And I was ready to live in a totally different way. It's like it, 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 it just changed something I didn't know was changeable. And so she gave me, um, she wrote down on this little yellow sticky note, who does this belong to? And she said, okay, 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions aren't yours. And so you want to ask this whenever any thought, feeling, or emotion comes up. Well, I was on, I was on such a high, I was like, I mean, not even a high. It was more like I was on such a, in such a space of peace. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Okay. But I was so spaced out that I barely remembered her saying this. And, um, so I unload my, my stuff, uh, unload my pockets when I get home that night. And I feel like I actually want to live for the first time. And I'm just loving every moment of this, like just each thing I would look at, I would look at our furniture and go, oh, wow, that's so comfortable. And I would walk through the house and and sun would be streaming through and I'd be like, oh, so beautiful. It was just, it was amazing. And so um, I woke up a few days later and one of the things that used to occur for me was that I would, I would lay in bed depressed and wanting to die because I had lost hope. And I would literally lay in bed and cry and Till such time as I had to go be a doctor, a chiropractor, and help other people with their lives, which is really weird because I didn't wasn't able to help myself. And um, but this had gone away after bars, right? And a few days later, I woke up and it was all there again. And I was like, "Oh my God, are you kidding me? This one really, I thought it was going to work. Are you freaking kidding?" And so I am laying. My girlfriend leaves to work. I'm laying in bed crying, just feeling dejected and and hopeless. And um, and I look over at my clock to see how much longer I've got to wallow in self-pity before I have to go act like a doctor. And I read these words on this little yellow sticky note that happened to be propped up right by my clock, even though I didn't put it there on purpose. I think, you know, a fairy came in and, you know, replaced it for me. And as it they- said, yes, they do. Hello. Conscious <laughs> fairies are everywhere. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I read these words. Who does this belong to? And it went out of my head completely. And I was like, where did it go? What did I do? What just happened? And I looked over at that note in Shannon's handwriting and it said, who does this belong to? And I was like, are you kidding me? You mean that all of that crap, the entire time of living with this and it wasn't mine. Are you kidding me? And at that point also, that was one of the demands that I made. I'm like, people need to know this shit. People need to know this exists. People need this because if they don't have that, they're spending their entire lives trying to handle crap that isn't theirs. 98% of the crap in people's heads is not theirs. And so anyway, it quite literally gave me this kick in the butt 
And so what I would do is I'd get together with Shannon every week and we would run bars and I would do, um, I would do uh, chiropractic on her and she would give me a tool to use each week. And um, I would write them down and I would, like you said, I'd put little sticky notes all around my house with reminders of different things. And um, it was the most amazing thing because I started actually liking to be alive. And then, you know, what happened? She said, oh, I'm doing a foundation class. Why don't you come? And I was like, um, well, I've done a lot of classes and I don't find that they, you know, tend to do very much because I had done every friggin' class I could find. I was going to workshops every weekend I could afford to go to one and many that I couldn't afford to go to. And um, so she said, I'm doing this. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think I can afford to pay for it. And so anyway, we worked out a deal where I could pay for it. And so I, I walk into this foundation class and um, it happened to be in Shannon's living room at the time. And um, so I get the foundation book. <laughs> oh my goodness, I get this foundation book. And I, I just leaf through the table of contents and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And the way she was doing the class at the time, and this was the case 20 plus years ago a lot, is each person would read a page. You know, and it would be like, boom. So I think I may have even started, like she read the first page. Then I went and I read my page. And after I read my page, I started reading all the pages, you know? And I was like, oh my God, somebody put in words everything I've always known that I didn't know that I knew, that I know the world needs to know. Oh my God. And I just remember having such a sense of hope and a sense of possibilities because somebody had put into words so many of the things that, had had somebody put them into words for me before, I would have gone, oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, this is why this is this way. But it wasn't just an explanation. The beauty of it was, it was the explanation, but then it was a clearing to undo the limitation. And I was like, wow. And I remember going through the days of that class, I was just transforming. I mean, I could feel it happening. It's like I could sense feeling different about people in the room as the class went on. I could sense feeling different in my body. I had different points of view about my relationship. I had different points of view about being a chiropractor. And I'll tell you, after that class, I was like, everything is actually possible. And I didn't, it was, it was, it's like, it's kind of like when I got my bars run the first time. I don't know how to explain that to anybody other than tell them I wanted to die. And I came out with a sense of gratitude for being alive. But it's so much deeper and wider than that because that it didn't just affect that level. It affected everything. It affected every way that I walked through the world with everything I touched from food to um, my judgments of me for not being spiritual or conscious enough to um, the way I was able to interact with my patients to the way I interacted with my family. Uh, it just and what it did was it made it it gave it all more space. And the other thing was, it was filled with all these different tools and ways of handling particular things that nobody else had a way to handle that because Gary had been doing all this work of asking the question of what is this? What do I do with it? Can I change it? How do I change it? And then working with himself or other people on it, he found ways of changing so many of the things that were people's problems. And then not only that, but the awareness that what we call a problem 99.99999% of the time underneath what we call a problem is actually a greater possibility. We've just got a fixed point of view that we're not accessing yet. 
And so it was phenomenal. I mean, I look back at I, I look back at those years with with you know those months really with and years with such gratitude. First, for the fact that I had this bar session that showed me what was possible. Second, for the use of these tools that I would use one, I would just, because of the way I started, you know, she would give me one tool a week to use. And when the universe wanted to cave back in on my head, it would go away. And then the friggin' foundation class. And it used to be two classes, you know, as foundation and level one, which is now four days, which is foundation, blah, blah. But after the equivalent of what is the foundation class, holy cow. Like I just woke up with a sense of of hope. <laughs> woke up with a sense of not just hope, but like knowing and a sense of joy and a sense of, yay, I'm alive, you know? And I look back at that with such gratitude because the years before that were such struggle and such pain and such suffering and such fear and fear for the future. And also such a sense that I was just a pile of shit in everybody else's eyes. And that started so dynamically changing after the foundation. And that was another thing because I see so many people who, who are feeling less than and feeling like they're, they have no value and knowing that it should be different, having a sense it is different, but they can't seem to get there. And that was another reason I wanted to bring these tools to the world. So at least people have choice. And then the other thing is, like somebody said there, you see the world with different goggles, knowing everything is possible. Exactly. And it's like, it's like the x-ray goggles of how the universe really works, you know? And, and then, though, after having that, it's like, it just, it also created a space where all the stuff that I, that I had given up hope of ever changing, I now started actively pursuing to change it. And it was like, oh my gosh, and it worked. That was a weird part too. And some things, I mean, it took me years to change because I had them so deeply ingrained. They would change a little bit and then it feel like it would come back and it was there again. And then, but for the most part, I would say, felt to me at that time, like, I don't know, 10,000% of my life had changed. And how do you even begin to talk to somebody and tell them this is possible? It's kind of like take somebody takes you out of your body and your life and transplants you into, it's kind of like that movie, um, Pleasantville, you know, where they go from black and white to color. It's like somebody takes you out of your black and white 1960s movie and puts you in a dynamic, full, vivid color version of the same movie where people hate you less and you hate yourself less and things work easier. It's almost like somebody changes all the rules of the game on you, but on your behalf instead of the other way around, like it's been going for so long. So... Dean, with that, what what do you get after facilitating this class for now over 20 years and facilitating thousands and thousands of people in foundation classes? My my question, what would be the value of ever holding on to those black and white goggles and not choosing more? Like what do you what do you see as like the pain point where people are like, nope, I'm gonna I mean, I'm I was one of them, so just wondering like what maybe we should be asking you this question. I mean <laughs> Let's turn it around for a moment. What do you see as the value of people holding on to their suffering black and white reality, walking over broken glass every day? Uh, well, the, I mean, it's the value of being normal, I think, is the first thing that pops for me. Um, but now, being on this other side, I'm like, why would that be valuable? So I'm just looking at people who are like in this group, who are receiving, 
And then you hear about like your whole reality shaking and how, how bad we want to hold on. And like, I just wonder yeah. if you could talk a little bit about that energy of, um, you know, the choice to choose, like, choose this class. Yeah, that's, see, here's the interesting part is um, people have an awareness of the future that a choice will create in their lives before they make the choice. And the weird part is we have spent so much of our lives being able to create it as predictable based on what we can't do and what we can't be. And when we have a sense that that might actually change and we'll no longer have any excuses, we sometimes go to, ah, <laughs> ah, you know, or at the very least, we'll make it difficult enough for ourselves to get there to prove that it really was worth it, to prove that we have done the work. And so, like you said, a huge amount of that is the desire to maintain normal or to maintain the life that you've had. And most people, although it's changing is what I'm saying, but a lot of people would rather maintain the life of suffering they know than step into the life of possibilities that they don't yet know. Because they know I've been here, I've done this, I know I can handle this. I don't like it at all. I hate waking up in the morning, but I know I can do this life. But if you were like, okay, well, here you go. Here's a totally different life. They're like, I don't know that I could do that. I mean, I liken it to this, okay? Imagine somebody is in prison for 30 years and they know the system. You know, they know they get to go out one, an hour a day, go out in the yard, see their friends, smoke some cigarettes, whatever. They know the structure. They know when they get fed. They know when they shower. They know exactly everything and they know all the rules that they can bend or break and get away with it. They know everything. Imagine 30 years, okay? Although I wouldn't want to enforce that on anybody, but imagine 30 years. And then what happens, let's say you get set free from your little prison that's quite literally like a prison, which is the way most people create their lives. So they're small enough to be controllable. And they know once I get out of prison, oh shit, it's up to me now. But what they don't realize is, so that would indicate the resistance. I'm, I'm going to, sorry, my ADHD is taking over as it usually does. Um, but that is one of the indications of why do people resist so much? Because they would rather have the prison they know than the open meadow of possibilities that they haven't yet walked and don't and believe they don't know. And so there, there's sometimes this major putting on the brakes. And yet every time when you leap, you were rewarded so dynamically beyond your wildest imaginations. And that's really when life starts taking off. But each of us has to make that choice for ourselves. And I say again, it, it's so valuable to have the same connections with the same people because all of your relationships are based on who you have made yourself out to be. And so people are connected to you based on that. And you think you'll lose your connection to other people. You think you'll lose your predictable future. You think you'll lose your, your um, rights and wrongs, your goods and bads that you had before that allowed you to know how to navigate your life without having to be present in your life. And you know what this is going to require. If you get over all of those judgment things as the way to run your life, you know you're going to have to actually be present and choose. Do I go here or do I go here? And you realize what you're going to have to do is get off of the autopilot that you've been using to run your life that has run your life into the ground, okay? 
and actually be there present for the possibility pilot called you. And so you have to actually take the reins and that can seem terrifying. And I totally get that. It can definitely seem terrifying, but I'll tell you, it's the most exciting, enthusing thing in the world. And it's what makes it so you start enjoying your life and enjoying living again. But you can also see why somebody who gets out of prison after 30 years, usually within weeks to months, they're back in prison. Why? Is it because they want to be such a criminal? For some of them, but for most of them, it's because they want their structure back. So everything that brought up for everybody who wanted their structure back and uh, went backwards to find your structure, but you're still looking for it, but it's not there anymore. Oh, shit. We just run and create it all, please. Right yes. now, I'm getting that pot and pot call nine shorts, boys and beyonds. It's interesting because you talked about all the things that people think we'll lose, but how many of us are not willing to look at what we might gain and receive? Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about about that and what even your own story, like what you started to perceive? I know you talked, we already talked a little bit about that, but like the magic of you, the possibilities, the things that start to show up when you just change a point of view, like that kind of stuff that that is not what you lose. You know what I mean? Because we go to like the worst case scenario, you know, I'll lose everybody in my life, so I'm not changing. But what if you gained way more? And you always do. I'm just going to say you always do. One more time, you always do. And I don't, I'm not the type to make promises. Okay. That's not a promise. That's an acknowledgement. That's how it works. When you get more conscious, you always get more, more possibilities. And, um, and sometimes your fixed points of view get like places where you haven't been willing to see what's going on or what's possible. They show up in your face and it's like, oh, ow, it hurts to see how limited this person is. But in actuality, it's a great gift because they were that limited before you got the awareness. Now you can deal with it. Now you know at least what's going on. And, and that is the place of, of awesomeness. And so the it's like for me... <laughs> I had a similar thing. It was like, I was using money as a way of avoiding the class. You know, now that we're having this conversation, I can get to what it actually was because I haven't looked at it for a long time. But I was using money as my reason and justification for avoiding the class. But in actuality, I perceived the future that it would create. And I was like, I'm going to just hold off on that for a little bit. I could wait till next week or maybe next month or maybe, I don't know, six or seven years from now, I'm feeling good with bars and these tools, you know? And um, and I'm so glad that Shannon was like, you're the only, uh, but you're Dane. the only one, Dane. You're the only one that ever found oh, bars Lord. and then just said, oh. "I've had enough. That's enough possibility." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. And um, here's the funny part, though. When we do that, it looks so real to us. Whatever that reason and justification is we have for not moving on, it looks so real. And one of the things certain people will do is they'll judge something. They'll judge their facilitator. They'll judge bars. They'll judge access. They'll, you know, go, oh my God, this person says access is a cult. So I can't do this anymore. And you're like, I, you know, but they find whatever information they require to make the choice they truly desire to make. And so they'll find things that look real as judgments or whatever. But in actuality, that is an outward manifestation of your inward resistance that gives you the reason and justification to not be as free as you can be because no one in the access is not about owning you access is not about 
you need to keep doing access. Access is not about you need to follow or you, you know, all that stuff. It's not about any of that. So in this case with access, it's like, it, you know, follow your knowing. Know when it's right for you, know when it's not. But don't let the lies of the judgment monsters of your life, even if they're you, get in the way of the possibility monsters of your life called you and the choices they can make. You know, so it's like, and, you know, if you can just call a spade a spade and go, oh, wow, you know what? I'm coming, I'm inventing all kinds of points of view so I don't have to step into the unknown. Can we all do it? We've all done it. I've done it. You'll do it. Okay, fine. You know, and and then that's one of the other things about foundation is people go, oh, it's so much money. I'm like, actually, for what it changes, it is so little money. Now, it's having said that, um, I like talking about that and just talking about it openly, you know, because people go, people use that as one of their judgments for why they won't do it and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, hey, you're right. If it's too much money for you, you are correct. You can't afford it. It is too much money for you because they're not at the place where they see that as a gift. They're look, They're at the place where they're like, oh my God, it's so much money. But one of the things that I found, what I did when I started Access is I was like, I'm going to find a way to create it. And then I asked for different ways of creating money. And guess what happened? Different ways of creating money showed up. Weird, huh? But when I got over the reason and justification that I could use that as an excuse, and I started looking at my life and I'm like, you know what? I've made money the excuse my entire life. And I did. I mean, our family did that all the time. I can't do that. I can't buy this for you. I don't have the money. And yet a week later, they would buy something for themselves. It was 20 times more expensive, but it was always an excuse to not have to do what they didn't want to do. And most people use money, time, or illness as a reason and justification for not doing something. My point of view is, it's like, if you're having any excuse, you just want to ask, okay, what will my life be like in five years if I do this and get the sense of it? And what will my life be like if I don't and get the sense of that? And go for the one that's lighter. And even if you can't do it right now, let's say you're like, well, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. Like you literally don't. It's not an excuse. Just go, okay, what's it going to take? Dear universe, I would like to do this. What's it going to take? Show me the money. Show me the time. Show me the ease of doing this. And if you ask, you will receive. And so I I brought up that because when we make the excuse for not moving forward, it looks like it is so real to us, but also it feels really intense. And a lot of times we feel like we need to defend it. So for example, if somebody's thinking about foundation, you know, or they tell somebody they're going to do it or, and whatever, they sign up for, you know, the global foundation or whatever it is, or blah, blah. And then they go, oh, and all this stuff comes up and they go, well, no, I'm not going to do it. When if it's just your choice, you go, okay, I'm not going to do it. It's lighter for you. It's lighter for everybody. Cool. No problem. But when it's something that you're inventing to stop yourself from moving forward, you'll say it with a weird energy. It'll be taken with a weird energy. And then you'll be like, why don't I, what, you don't want me to choose? What are you trying to get my money? What are you doing? You know, you'll defend and you have to fight against. We only defend and fight against points of view that are not actually true for us which is like, what? And that's another thing that you get out of the foundation class. Meme. Um, and so it's, it's just kind of like, oh, I see. But even if you just, 
even if you go through this experience and you dissect that, it's this amazing awareness of how we'll make things real as a way of keeping our life predictable and a way of maintaining the reality that we had before so we don't have to change it while saying that we desire to change it so we can look good because we say we want to change it. And we can also feel good because we're not actually changing it so we can maintain this control over life that we have been using as though the only way to not suffer is to control your life. And that's one of the big things that starts to go away with foundation because most people believe because we live in a world where so many people experience suffering, so many people inflict suffering on other people, wonderful place to live, you know, except the plants and animals don't do that to each other. Um, an animal, if it's going to inflict something is like, I need to eat you now. So bye-bye, you know, it's like, Hey, over and done with. And the animal goes, Hey, that's fine. You need food. I, I, you can use my body. I'm going to go get another one, you know, but here we have so many people inflicting suffering on us that we think that the only way to, to avoid it is to control. And also out there in the world, so many people are trying to control our choices. that we feel like the only way to prove we have choice is to resist them controlling our choices. The difference is in access, we're not trying to control your choice. We just want you to have choice. Even if the choice is no, I'm not doing this class or no, I'm not going to do this. Awesome. As long as it's your choice, you know, not your, your attempt to control so you don't have more choice. And by the way, I just want to point this out. This should be every access facilitator's point of view. And if it's not, then that, that's a conversation we need to have because people, well, we have it with our facilitators. Okay, but I just want to say that is access's point of view. And so if somebody else is doing something different, trying to make you do something or make you feel guilty for not doing something, that's not access. And that's not something that we're supporting at all. So blah, blah. I want to, I'm so glad you brought up money because that was one, one of the things that was in my awareness to talk about because it's kind of the like, pink elephant in the room that where people don't choose from. Um, but then we're here talking about all the tools, but then not talking about that thing. And one of the things that I would love to share with everybody today is recently, um, the being certified facilitators came together to gift one of my really good friends, a bicycle for her, for her son. And it was $2,000. And, um, when I told her that this was, this had happened, the explosion in her world was beyond what I follow me for just a second beyond what I thought $2,000 was going to create. But then I went back to where $2,000 just a few years ago to me felt like the highest mountain I could have possibly like a thousand five hundred dollars felt like, like how, how the hell would I ever choose or do that? And so to acknowledge in that moment of gifting somebody something, the, the change that I've had that $2,000 doesn't make me feel like you know, I, I'm going to, in just a few short years, I just wanted to like put that as a possibility out there for people to know that like those things that you're avoiding actually do change and they can change rather quickly um, in like a situation like this. So, um, oh. <laughs> I am. Um, well, I want to, I'm really grateful that you brought up that and brought up the, the thing about money because the, the money more than almost anything else, like if, if somebody's got a relationship stuff, they can look at somebody who's changed their relationship stuff and go, oh, I could probably change that. Or body stuff or whatever, anything other than money. And you and I, like, I tell people, look, 
I literally did not have the money to pay rent before access. And I didn't have the money to pay rent on my second office, which was tiny and cheap. And my apartment that I was splitting with my girlfriend and, and, and like the, and when I was in chiropractic school, I was living on student loans and went into the hole month after month after month, had to borrow money from my mom who also had no money, but she, my sweet mom was willing to put a thousand dollars on her credit card and that got me through. And then I needed it again and it got me through. And I asked a third time and she's like, I'm so happy to do this for you, but I don't have any more credit cards or limits anywhere. This is all I can do for you. So when you talk about that, like the $2,000 being something where you're like, oh, and $500 would have been, would have felt like a million a few years ago. I had the same thing. And I, I cannot stress enough how access, consciousness, the foundation was where I started. And I'm so glad we're bringing this up because I, you know how you do something and then you forget? Well, the foundation was one of the biggest things that actually started changing. It was right after foundation that the my money stuff started changing, finally. And, and I'm not promising that for anybody, but all I'm saying is if you got stuff with money, it's because there's lots of fixed point of view, fixed points of view in the foundation of your reality. A lot of those you're making real. A lot of those are not yours. A lot of those you bought from other people. Doesn't matter whether you bought them from somebody else. They're bricks in your friggin' foundation of your life that are making it like this as it's as it relates to money. And so there is a different reality available that you can have also. And it's not just some formula like everybody else tells you, oh, do my money formula. It's not that. It's about what every change in access is. It occurs from your being shining forth and undoing all that stuff that isn't you truly being you. So when you get a change from access, it's yours because it's you being you. And so I really, the money thing is one of the biggest stresses for so many people, especially now. I mean, it used to be before, but ever since Shmarona hit town, you know, it's like, it's just been so intense. And the people that have been using access tools, I know most of the people that have been using access tools for any length of time, the ones that have done the foundation class and some of the other classes, it's like they have an ease with money that has just been continuing to increase. And one of the other things I have to say is the foundation class really is what it says. It is the foundation of limitation breaking so the platform of possibilities can exist. You know, and as you know, I do a ton of interviews, all kinds of places around the world, you know, and and usually the interview is if it's a if it's a TV or something, it's four minutes. Here, blah, 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 just so they can have something to fill the space. And oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I want their world to change. But you can't give enough in that time, except maybe inspire somebody to know. On a podcast or something, it's like an hour, but I still can't get into 99% of what I want to talk about. And what I realized the other day was I was getting frustrated with doing interviews and I was getting frustrated with articles and all this sort of stuff because all kinds of people are like, oh, we want to talk to you about World Happiness Day. And I'm like, I would love to, but what people really need is a friggin' foundation class. That's where the change begins. That's where the change explodes. Everything else, the change begins. But there's a certain thing where, you know, it's like that, it's like that rocket booster that is the one 
that doesn't just take you off the platform, but actually sends you past the Earth's orbit, the orbit of your old Earth of limitation, the foundation is what does that. And then, as you know, we have a ton of stuff after that. But without, without the foundation, none of that like continuous state of ease in your life is possible. And there's so many people who do the bars class and love it and then never go on. And I'm always amazed. Because as soon as I had my bars run and did the, we didn't have the bars class then, it was part of foundation. But as soon as I had my bars run, I'm like, okay, I resisted foundation. But as soon as I did it, I was like, I am so grateful I did because it put so many things that were up as the crap in my life, put them in a friggin' blender, liquefied them, and I just friggin' poured them out and never picked up the blender cup again, you know? So I haven't heard that analogy before, but I like it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) <laughs> don't go visual. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of the things that we hear a lot is like, I've already taken a foundation though, but I've already taken one eight years ago. Um, so I don't really need another foundation. Uh-huh. So, um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that too? Because I get that there, we might have some people watching that it's like, oh yeah, I did that. I know about that four years ago. I haven't done another one since. So Yeah. Well, yeah, here that's the interesting thing about all of these classes is that every single one you do is actually different. And it's based on your energy. It's based on the energy of the facilitator, but it's also based on how far has consciousness moved since the last time you did it. It's like, you know, after foundation, you can do COP, ESB. And then after you do COP and ESB, you can do SOP. There's body classes. There's all this stuff, right? But it's interesting to me because I have people who are doing SOP classes, you know, and they'll do one after another. They'll do several in a year sometimes. And they go, oh my God, it just increases. The change increases. And then they'll tell me that they just did a foundation class and the amount of change they got is exponentialized. And I'm like, because this is not linear at all. And so when you do the next foundation class, it is going to blow your doors off in a totally different way. And like with the Global Foundation, we do, you know, the rewrite of foundation every year. And it is based on current time information with us and the universe and also current events that we can contribute to or change. And let's face it, there's some current events that contribute to and change at this point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the the other thing that I wanted to say too is if you could speak to the idea that like you could only have foundation with like one of our facilitators, where like how it's the same manual but different people um, in the class or facilitating it. So if like they've taken a foundation with me, that doesn't mean that they won't get the, get even more or something totally different with you. That like that kind of dynamic. Oh, it's different with each person. And also, that's one of the other things is, you know, people are, and we need to realize that there's a gift in that each of us is drawn to somebody different. So there's that. Okay, so each of us, there's two conversations in my head, at least going on right now. And one of which is, is doing a foundation like I, this is my facilitator. That's fine if you feel really comfortable with that person and that sort of thing. but they realize that they're, I don't know, at different levels, over 10,000 facilitators of access around the world, you know, between bars and certified facilitators. 
And there may be somebody else out there that could contribute to you, but in a totally different way. Because as the humanoids we are, we really like to find somebody that we think we like or that likes us and then stay there. Because we know that a lot of people don't like us and a lot of people judge us. So if we found somebody that's good, we're going to stay with this person because they're the best person in the whole wide world. And you know what? Cool. That's great. If that's what works for you and that's what you desire, cool. And just realize there may be somebody else who could contribute with something totally different. And what if that's cool too? And what I always say is follow your knowing because you know. And so people will, you know, people will do what they do. And here's the weird part is sometimes people will do the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And then one day they're like, why have I been doing just that for so long? What else can I do? You know, and you only get it when you get it. So um, please, but also realize you, you do not own the facilitator. You have not bought and paid for them. So just, and Sarah is the best person in the whole wide world. Totes. And um, yep, every facilitator brings different magic to your life. Um, so, um, and then the other thing is like a lot of times people think that, you know, you must go to Gary and I because we are, you know, the leaders and the gurus. Number one, we're not gurus. Um, if we are, we're a guru together because Gary's the goo, which means he's sticky and I'm the roo and I'm saucy. So that works. Okay. Um, that's a really bad joke that probably most people don't understand anymore. Roo is our best. Oh, did you get it? Okay, good. It's the sauce base, you know, okay. especially French sauce base. Yeah. All the sauces, Dane, all the time. Hello, me too. <laughs> we are definitely alike in that regard. So it's like, you know, there's there's a a gift with every facilitator, and it just needs to be a question each time of what's going to create the most and where do I go? And it's for us, it's about you following your knowing and that you know. And also there are, there, like I said, there are people who think they must come to Gary and I and, and then they come to us and then they go to another facilitator and like, oh my God, I got a lot from you and I got a lot from them. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how it should work. Because, I mean, think about it. Your whole world, you have different people that contribute different things in different ways. You don't try to only receive from one person. And if you do, it's probably going to be less rich of a life than you have the capacity to create if you find who and what could contribute to you the most in each situation. And people mentioned like also where the class is, who's attending, um, all of that. So I know last last year we had the big global foundation yet in brazil and some might say that then the whole world changed like you know after so, <laughs> and so now we have the next one coming up in mexico end of april early may and i thought maybe if you wanted to talk a little bit about like what you're excited about for that class and what the invitation is like what you're tapping into what the energies are what we can buy stuff oh, in people's oh oh girl oh girl oh girl Oh boy. Oh girl. Um, one of the things that I have noticed dynamically, especially in the last year, is that what we have been able to speak about and and where we've been able to go has been, and when I say where we're, we're able to go, for me, it's like a sense of, of it's kind of like how much change can somebody get from a particular class, right? And, and 
been facilitating long enough. I have a sense of that from an energetic perspective, not a conclusion, but where we have been able to go in even what are called beginning classes, there's no such thing as a beginning class in access. Okay. But where we've been able to go in, in things where people haven't had very much experience of access other than perhaps a bars class and has been off the friggin' charts. And so this foundation, part of what it is going to address is a lot of the things that have changed in the world that are now available that most people don't see and most people don't perceive as a result of the changes from the pandemic, the lockdown, and the difference that that has created in people's lives. And a lot more people are in a lot of question at this point. Lots of people are going to more conclusion. But a lot of other people, the humanoids of the world, are going to more question about, okay, I really need to look at something different here. What do I need to see? What tools do I need to go where it's actually possible to go? And I can't predict what foundation will be because we won't know until we get there in the room and then with all the people around the world. But I'm very excited that it's going to be. And I'm very excited to have a ton of pops around the world where... Um, the party of possibilities where people are getting together and having facilitators there while we facilitate in class, where you can ask the facilitator questions, where you can trade bars, you can do all these sorts of things. But I'm really excited for the the worldwide sense of this one because there's a way in which we have been allowing ourselves to connect through the airwaves, which is really friggin' beautiful and amazing. And I mean, this last weekend, I just did a symphony of possibilities class. And that is where people work on each other using this energy thing that I guess I will claim credit or notoriety for developing, if you will. Um, It happened to me. I just brought it to the world when it did. But seeing people actually get this sense of how things work and, and the sense of being directly having a direct experience of the energetics of things and it trickles everywhere. So it's, it's like what I'm seeing is what people used to get out of an SOP or a COP or an ESP or whatever, they start getting that in foundation. It's not like they get the same class, but the same level of energetic change is becoming available. And I'm friggin' excited. I am like, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, come on, come on. Is it, is it foundation yet? Is it foundation yet? Is it foundation yet? And you get to pack and you get to go right. to the country. What? <laughs> all new, oh my all new things. <laughs> all new adventures I get to have. Yay. <laughs> and everyone is invited. You just need a bars class first. Um, and well, so, and if you don't, if you can't get to one live, you, there are some in the access shop as well that you can purchase. And uh, Brennan's bars class is there. And I don't know if Simone's one will be up there, but. That's also possible. Is there one thing you want to leave us with um, in regards to anybody who's still, uh, even after listening to this, like still kind of on the fence, wondering, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I could, whatever that is, whatever that choice is. Is there one thing that you can leave us with? And then. Boy, I totally get that. I totally understand that point of view because I used to have it too. I used to be sitting on the fence. Actually, I was sitting on the fence in a lot of my life. And my question is, um, or, well, let me, 
let me tell you what I found is there were so many times where I sat on the fence so long, I eventually slipped and the white pokey thing went right up my butt. So uh, not in a good way. Um, so the thing is that any choice that you make creates a future. Any choice creates a future. The question is, what is the choice you're making and what future will it create? And also, we can't blame anybody else for the choices that we make. Mm. And a lot of us have tried. And But once we get over that, we truly start to become the adult of our lives and the one who can then make, that can navigate reality differently. So please know that if there's something you've been stressing out about or something you're trying to avoid, it's okay. We've all done it. I just want you to know no matter what choice you make, you are not wrong. No matter what choice you make, you are not right. <laughs> and no matter what choice you make, you are not alone. And we will do our best to be here for you and contribute to you in whatever way we can to know that you have choice and to know that there are other people who are choosing and have, in a certain sense, can help you by paving the way to make it easier. So, um, and the other thing is, for any of these choices you have to make, just ask, or any of the choices you might like to make. What will my life be like, be like, not look like? What will my life be like in five years if I choose this and get the sense of the way it will be, more space or less? And what will my life be like if I don't choose this? Get the sense of the way it would be, more space or less. And to whatever extent you will allow yourself, please choose those things that create more likeness and more space when you think about choosing them. And that is what will get created in your life. And I got to tell you, the journey ahead is friggin' awesome. And it may look daunting because on any journey of a thousand steps, we will not start unless we can see all thousand steps and know how to navigate them all. But the way the journey really works, if it's a journey of a thousand steps, until you take the first step, you can't even see the second step because it isn't there yet until you make the first one. So what I say is leap and find out that you have wings. At the very worst, you will fall gloriously to the ground, have an amazing ride and splat gloriously. And then you get to pick yourself up and start over again in a totally different way. But don't stop choosing. And please never quit, never give up and never give in and you will create everything you desire and way more. It's a beautiful way to end our time together today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have these conversations with you. Thank you. Me also. And thank y'all. That's Texan. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Power of Being You podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?